Hello everyone and welcome back to Sustainability Circle Season 2, Episode 5. I am your host, Shannon Kelly. This episode was recorded at the Van City Head Office on Terminal Avenue and also here at the Central Branch of Vancouver Public Library. This episode is a little bit different. Instead of inviting someone into this tiny booth with me, I got out and into the world to talk about how sustainable practices are being realized right now by businesses in our communities. I will definitely still be popping in every so often to give some more examples, but for now, we should meet our guest, who definitely has a much fancier job title than I do. Uh, I'm Morgan Beale, and I'm Van City's Manager of Energy and Environment. This was the part of the interview that I gave Morgan kind of a hard time and asked for a better explanation of exactly what he does. Just make it sound cooler than it is, right? <laughs> um, well, I've been with Van City for about 15 years, working my way up from being a teller into <laughs> this department of Van City, which is called community investment. Uh, we like to sort of articulate that as a, you know, being a bit like a, a fringe department. We get to go out mm-hmm. and test interesting ideas and come up with new uh, initiatives with very cool partners and see what works. And if it works, we bring it back to the the big lumbering beast that is the organization and we um, hope to scale it. Uh, do you want to know a little bit more about Van City? Because uh, I think you're signing up for an account pretty soon, aren't you? Yeah, de- uh, yeah 100%. <laughs> I'm going to bring all my information over uh, yeah. tomorrow. You learn very quickly with Morgan that if you give him a bit of a hard time, he is going to give it right back. This joke is in reference to the fact that I do my banking at one of the big five banks here in Canada. <laughs> well, so, so I'm giving you a hard time, but Vancity is a financial, a values-based financial cooperative. So you think of MEC in, is it, as an example where you give your uh, small membership f- uh, fee and you get to uh, participate in all purchasing their, their uh, inventory. The MEC that Morgan is referring to here stands for Mountain Equipment Co-op, a store that most of us would be more familiar calling MEC. And hilariously, their head offices are not too far away from Van City. For Van City, we work just like uh, a bank, except Mm -hmm. for we're a cooperative. So every one of our members is also an owner, and they get to decide how Van City operates. They get to decide what we invest in. They get to decide... Um, you know, whether we're uh, um, an environmentally friendly organization or whether we just want to do debits and credits and investments, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So uh, we're one of the largest credit unions in Canada. We have over uh, 525,000 members. Uh, We have 18 billion in assets. Uh, That's, I guess, easier said that we own a lot of real estate in Vancouver Mm -hmm. and Victoria. So we primarily serve the GVRD, Greater Vancouver Regional District, and the Capital Regional District in Victoria. Awesome. Yeah. And it was definitely, um, I was not familiar with Van City until I moved here, obviously. Yeah, sure. Um, I was very familiar with um, Interior Savings. Yeah, that's a great credit union. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, they're fantastic. And we love credit unions. Van City, Mm -hmm. uh, as a cooperative, as a credit union cooperative, you actually do support other credit unions. We have about six, uh, six or seven principles that we want to um, highlight, and, and supporting other credit unions is key. So mm-hmm. we do love working with uh, Interior Savings. Cool. So um, that brings up another point. So what is the difference between a credit union and a bank? Good question. So it's that point I was saying about where the members own the credit mm-hmm. union. So it'd be like if the clients of TD could own TD and make mm-hmm. decisions on who gets hired uh, on the board level and then dictate basically through voting, uh, through democratic, uh, democratic voting, 
uh, where TD should invest its money. We all know that's not the case. Most mm-hmm. of the money invested in a, in a bank, one of the top five banks, is redirected outside of your community. Mm-hmm. So um, investing in, in your local co-op, like Interior Savings or Vancity, in this case, your money has a bit of a multiplier effect. Mm-hmm. It goes back into the institutions, such as your school that you went to, yep. SFU, and back into uh, places you might purchase uh, groceries from, like say, mm-hmm. Nada's, Nada Grocers, yep. uh, or maybe into um, uh, other organizations like Motive, um, the Electric Carp Program. <laughs> That awkward laugh is because Motive is a campaign that I work for currently. So if you are at any festivals this summer and see a big blue tent with a car parked next to it, come and say hi. Uh, so all of these things is where that those funds are reinvested into. Yeah. And you don't get that with a bank. In the episode previous to this, we talked about the different areas of sustainability. So sustainability was built on those three pillars of environmental, social, and economic sustainability. And something that's really cool is that it seems like being with a credit union is also working into that social sustainability aspect where you're making sure that communities are taken care of and that they can kind of keep going for a long time, kind of setting them up for success. Photography, gardening, outreach, and more. Volunteering with Embark is an opportunity you can't pass up. For more information about volunteer opportunities, check out our website at embarksustainability.org. So one of the things I wanted to ask about, um, because this is something that I noticed on the website, is um, about emissions tracking, which is a very interesting thing to see when you go on a bank or a credit union's website. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and, you know, I think it's important to mention here, I'm not the expert in the emission tracking here Mm -hmm. at at head office, uh, because my focus is external. I have a counterpart who does look at internal. But... That's, that's the point, is our emission tracking is really to report on our operations. Yeah. So as an institution as a whole, uh, we'd like to track where we're spending, um, you know, an obscene amount of, of, of emissions and where we may want to focus on improving that. Mm-hmm. So let's take this building we're in right now. We've got over 12 floors. I don't know how many staff we actually have in this building. We like to dub it the ivory tower. Um, <laughs> but... You can imagine all the lights that are being used at any yeah. given time. So being able to track when lights are on or turned off, air conditioning, um, heating. Uh, we have low flush toilets. Our elevator that you came up in also has regenerative braking power. Oh, so every that's time very it cool. goes down, it re- regenerates wa- mm-hmm. uh, electricity and then powers itself. We have uh, tanks up top that are um, supported by solar arrays that heat the water for, for mm-hmm. the taps. So all of that is to say that without emissions tracking and GHG intensity tracking, then we uh, we wouldn't know where to make those mm-hmm. improvements. Um, so from uh, infrastructure perspective, that's where we would want to tap into. But, you know, we, we really look at our employees as well. It's like, well, mm-hmm. wait a second. We have 60-some-odd branches with over 3,000 staff. How do people get around? Yeah. For me, as an example, I actually live in the Sunshine Coast. So for, oh, wow. <laughs> for you who are listening that maybe don't know where that is, it requires me to take... 
uh, you know, a ferry and two buses, mm-hmm. or a bus and a SkyTrain to, to get to the office. Um, and that, that, that's, that's a lot of emissions that's mm-hmm. involved in that. And so you start to try to figure out, well, how do we get employees closer mm-hmm. to the places where they work and, and get them there effectively um, and efficiently? So that's a good way to start tracking that. Now, we were leaders back in 2009, I would say, proudly, I would say in 2009. And I can't say we haven't, we've done anything as cool as that. Um, so I'm really excited that um, we're getting more uh, involved with emissions tracking so that we can help other organizations do the same. Yeah. Um, and, and that we're hoping to bring the rest of the, the, uh, the rest of the community along with us. But we're always looking at other things too. So. Yeah, and that was something that I noticed on the website as well was that, you know, it was kind of laid out very clearly that there was a lot of kind of going forward with a plan and then kind of backtracking and checking in again to see if, you know, the way that emissions tracking or tracking of resources used to like paper and electricity and things like that, um, but going back to check to see if the way that you guys were thinking about it was still the best way. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, we can look at things like um, we've been doing. Uh, we've been tracking our waste. We 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 track how much weight we're we're um, taking away in waste and and how things are being diverted from the landfill. Mm-hmm. And then in some cases that waste uh, is burned, so it's waste to energy. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a counter argument in environmental sustainability for almost everything. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I I do believe that. You know, as long as you're taking steps forward, it's great. But somebody would say waste to energy is is not great for the environment. Mm -hmm. But so is filling up the landfill. And so you're trying to find this happy balance. And until we can find the silver bullet, which we've not found in any category, um, you know, uh, we have to be able to figure out how to do this in an incremental way. And that's our, you know, our focus right now moving forward is a term we've dubbed, uh, well, we haven't dubbed it, but we like to use it, uh, (laughs) is lighter living. And just having... A lighter living on, on the planet and, and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that might look like so tracking emissions if it helps us articulate maybe a better strategy or a plan that's a good start um, if others are not understanding what we're tracking or reporting back then we need to bring them along mm-hmm. um, or uh, start tracking other things that they would identify with awesome so as somebody who works externally with fan city what would be a program that you are excited about oh, like man. something that van city's doing wow we're doing so many things um but one of the partnerships that we're you know really proud of right now is is the one with bcit mm-hmm. uh i i think it's important to um, mention that one given that you come from uh from sfu is is that you know educating is so important and, yes. and getting the right message out with the right mm-hmm. context is so key and what the School of Construction is doing at BCIT right now is teaching tradespeople how to build better buildings. Mm-hmm. And why that's important is because buildings are one of our worst emission offenders yes. in a city. And so BC, we're supporting BCIT to create this zero emissions building lab. And what they do there is have basically a five-sided uh, building. Mm-hmm. And it teaches tradespeople on the five, um, cat, uh, five BC Energy step codes. One being like putting LED lights in your home. It's mm-hmm. not much of a, of a change. It's great, but not much. 
Uh, and then step code three uh, is a home that's about 20% more efficient than the average home. And then step code five is 90% more efficient. That's typically what we call a passive house. Mm -hmm. um, why it's important is because BC Energy step code is about to become law uh, in 2032. Mm -hmm. And so all buildings have to meet these step codes. And some municipalities are taking them, volunteering to take on step code three now. Why that's important, again, is because if we don't train the people that are doing the work or talking to the homeowners about yeah. the, the construction they're about to do, then we're, it's a complete missed opportunity. And mm -hmm. we're not talking about dollars, we're actually talking about sense. Yeah. Like common sense. So it's important. Very cool. I really have to congratulate Morgan on that phrase because I didn't even realize at the time what he said. We have, uh, Van City has uh, another, another cool thing about Van City as a financial institution is that we have our own visa card. Like most oh, okay, banks. yeah. But that visa card um, contributes 5% of its profits each year back into the community through grants. So that's about a million dollars a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And what's really great about that, for the last five years, uh, we focused that on food. A lot like your your pod, uh, your episodes before in the podcast mm -hmm. was about food. Um, these were uh, invested into food to change that sort of agricultural landscape to support local natural mm -hmm. organic food. Well, we've sort of commandeered the theme of the Infraro Fund for the next five years to be uh, around partners, projects, and initiatives that support a lighter living. And uh, why that's cool is because we're getting lots of students come through with these great ideas through their environmental programs that, that may uh, do um, local gardens or, mm -hmm. or uh, you might have heard of the thingery that does a cooperative around sharing. Yeah. Um, so talking about the sharing economy, the green economy, the circular economy, all of these things, that's a concept of, of lighter living. And so these are grants that are available to people who come up with these really great ideas and want to see if it works. Yeah, so for everybody involved in Embark, yes. it's a really good thing to think about. Absolutely. Back to work, back to class, kiss your mom, kiss some ass, take the bus, go uptown, get some coffee, walk around, go home, watch TV, make some pasta, make a drink, reminisce about Montreal, turn out the lights, sleep all alone. Please don't go. Strangers, please don't go. That life's for creeps and strangers. So when you're thinking about these grants that are available, how is it that Van City would decide when they're giving these grants that these are going to be sustainable businesses? So either environmentally sustainable businesses and then also hopefully sustainable economically in the long term that they can keep existing for a long time. It's a great question. Um, I think there's a few answers to it, uh, but I'll start with the first one that I had experience in supporting um, our microfinance department. I was a microfinance manager at Van City, and what that is is basically like Dragon's Den for Van City. I'd read a business plan at an early stage and then find out whether that was a viable, feasible business, and if it was, we would lend them money and uh, very preferred terms and conditions, and they would get their business started. An example of that might be Soul Foods. It might be uh, many of the food trucks in Vancouver were, uh, were micro-borrowers, um, not a grocery, for example. 
so helping people at those early stages to make those impactful changes as mm-hmm. an early stage business is so important. You're asking about the grants, though, and whether whether and how we look at a company to find out if they're feasible. But, you know, if you had money to invest into or just give to an organization that had great values, mm-hmm. you knew that they couldn't last for forever. But while they had that money and that passion and that intent, could they make a change? And would that change be worth it? So if you had an opportunity five years ago, even 10 years ago, to have influenced the way that people are mm-hmm. coping with um, uh plastic straws and plastic bags right now would it have been worthwhile yeah right it would have been yeah 100 percent. right so if we granted ten thousand twenty fifty thousand dollars in order to for you have done to have done that awareness and built that education understanding Mm -hmm. into it um that would have been so worth it it's not about a return on investment uh not into the dollar sense it's about um a return on like social capital as well Mm -hmm. And once again, that's like that social sustainability aspect coming back into it where, you know, looking to the health of a community and also basically the country, the planet and everything like that along the way. It's a great point. And I'll just add to that is Mm -hmm. that um, a recent report came out of uh, Vancouver Economic Commission who's mandated by the city of Vancouver uh, and parts of Metro that um, they provided a report that really highlighted the uh, the upcoming market around green economy and green jobs Mm -hmm. if if these changes weren't happening around green buildings and emissions and we weren't having those numbers to track then we wouldn't understand that we need to produce more green windows or higher rated Mm -hmm. windows or things like this so there's about to be a huge increase in green jobs in bc and i think that for students looking at um, career paths anything that touches in those areas is going to be a really hot topic Yeah, definitely. And even one of the things I find really interesting is um, if you look online at the list of best best companies for students to get jobs with once they graduate, and then like also uh, companies that are rated very highly in sustainability, and like those are very thorough checks on um, improvements that those companies are making with their operations. Uh, The overlap is quite significant. Yeah. And um, And City's normally in the top three. Ben City is, yeah. Um, But it's it's something that's really cool to see that for a lot of people my age, graduating university all of a sudden looking for jobs mm-hmm. um there doesn't have to be that sacrifice on like your personal values or there's even an opportunity if you're someone like me who all of a sudden got a job mm-hmm. and then that job got them into sustainability right right and yeah. it's 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 a really interesting um kind of point of of education and also um for a lot of people really keeping keeping the values that they hold really close. Uh, you know what, I, I like how you tied that together because getting jobs and understanding what your career might be, I mean, that's such a flip-flop, I think. I, mm-hmm. I never thought, I'm not a typical banker, that's for sure. Yeah. In fact, oh, I've told you I've been in Van City for 15 years, but I joined Van City because I fell in love with the girl at the front desk. <laughs> <clears throat> Mad, fell madly in love, and uh, after attending all the things, they said, you should probably just work for us. <laughs> So I did. And now I'm in learning about environmental sustainability and I've done the microcredit and the, all mm. of these things. So the my skill sets have grown. But um, the values haven't changed, right? Mm-hmm. It's so as, a, as an individual, what your values are when you're in an organization and does that organization fit it? 
-hmm. And if it doesn't, can you change it? And if you can't, then you got to think about something else. But I just think work today is so fundamentally different than it it ever has been. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just the change is so finite now compared to what it's been in the past. I mean, with precarious work and and um, the gig economy and just trying to understand, you know, how, how we show up in those jobs or how our employers who might be older than us uh, mm-hmm. think that we need to show up. Like, why is it that I need to come into the office between 9 and 5 on Monday to Friday Yeah. when I don't meet members or clients? Why does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. So, you know, you start to think about that. Counting emissions will help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Was there anything else that you would like to talk about? Mm. Anything you really want to get in? Anything you're like super, super passionate about? Oh, there's so much. <laughs> but there's, uh, um, I'm really jazzed about this lighter living topic that we're exploring at Van City. I mean, as a financial institution, it may seem weird that we're exploring that and trying to understand what it is, but it's so important. As as we started this conversation, it was about emissions and, G- mm-hmm. and GHG intensities and trying to articulate what that meant for business. But we're so beyond that now. Like, with climate change and climate risk and all these things... Lighter living is is so much more uh, inclusive, or maybe holistic. It's that it's an ecological footprint approach, which includes the built environment, renewable energy, waste, water, food, transportation, all of those things together. Helps us figure out what our footprint is on on the world, and so you can make decisions with your work, or mm-hmm. how you get to work, or what you eat when you're at work, or all of these things. But that's I think way more important. Than car- counting emissions. I think yeah. in organizations like if you have a building in a company, go ahead count that stuff. It's important to show what you're what you're doing. But from an ind- individual and student perspective, with values, that lighter living piece is is that, I think that's a new thing. Like mm-hmm. it's a new standard. Yeah, it should be. You want to add or missed out on? I don't think so. I think this is going to be like I think this is going to be a really really nice part of the episode. I think I've been very fortunate in yeah. um, in the conversations I've been able to have with people. Okay. That they are, like, like, it's so easy for the conversations to get really down. Yeah. But I've had so many people that I've gotten to talk to that, um, you know, want to have positive conversations and want to have that kind of aspect of, like, analyzing um yeah. So, like, when, when I was talking about transportation options, right? Yeah. Having that aspect of being able to analyze, like, what's a good choice for someone living in Metro Vancouver? What's a good place for someone living in the Fraser Valley? Right. Right? And it's, it's or just... Or why do you have to have a choice on that? Why yeah. is it e-car? Or, like, why is it electric vehicles and not mm-hmm. sustainable transportation or alternative transportation? Yeah. Right? I know that we grapple with that all the time. I think the proper term would be mobility. Mm-hmm. And then you would go sustainable and alternative transportation. Yeah. And then you would get into EVs as one of them. But mass, you know, when you look at Paul Hawkins' book about the drawdown uh, approach and what he classifies mm-hmm. as being the most impactful um, solutions to make immediately, uh, they're pretty fascinating. It's a good, it's a good place to start. But we have some amazing community partners that help support us to figure out not just our own messaging, but to 
to really understand what the strategy is that we mm. want to be going after. And so one of those is One Earth. They, uh, One Earth is um, amazing. Uh, they really help us figure out some of the terminology. I, what's what they do so well um, is they don't do the f- they don't do that finger wag- uh, wagging sort of finger shaming yeah. uh, <laughs> approach to to being green, mm. um, which is like you said, you can get down pretty fast when you realize yeah. how damaged the it world can get is. very negative very yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah, but they actually talk specifically about what you can do in the workplace and and at home mm. and just your lifestyle. Um, to live a more sustainable life. In fact, they, they, I think they co-authored the um, UN Sustainable Workplace Menus, mm-hmm. which are just fascinating. They're great. I want to say a huge thank you to Morgan for having this conversation with me. It was really amazing uh, to be there with him and to visit the Van City offices and to hear about what they were doing and the amazing people that they are helping in the community. A new episode of Sustainability Circle is out every Monday wherever you find your podcasts. This is a project of Embark Sustainability, which you can find on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Embark Sustain. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, uh, feel free to email me at podcast at embarksustainability.org. My name is Shannon Kelly, and this has been Sustainability Circle. Sustainability Circle.